Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Eric Olson. It's BC Radio Live here for yet another iteration. I'm very excited. We'll be speaking quite shortly. In fact, I see him coming on now, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's him. Singer-songwriter, very soulful singer-songwriter, Sam Grow. We'll be speaking with him very shortly and coming up at 6.30 on the Blog Critics-centric portion of the show. We'll be talking with Josh Lasser, who is our TV editor. We'll be talking about the end of the TV season, and uh, maybe we'll even get to Star Trek, since that seems to be the, the big topic of conversation, the new Star Trek film. But before we do all that, we have the honor and privilege of speaking with Sam Grow. Sam, is that you? That's me. How you doing? How you doing, Eric? Good. How about you? Oh, I'm I'm well. I've been a little discombobulated, perhaps even a lot discombobulated. We've uh we've had all kinds of things going on with the site. We had a brand new design that went live now, I guess uh I guess it's two weeks ago already just been incredibly hectic ever since trying to get make sure everything works and get all the features added back in everyone's really excited about the way it looks and the basic functionality but you know everything is always way more complicated than you anticipate and then to top it off uh the company that that we were that we come under the umbrella that we're under now Technorati moving all of their and and I'm not exaggerating hundreds Hundreds of servers to all new, brand new servers. So it's oh, wow. an amazingly complex operation. You know, typically we were on we were on one server before Blog Critics, uh, which was extremely efficient of us. But we're talking about a company that has hundreds, and they all have to be moved. So it's not just something you can just go flip the switch, move. You know, that one's off. This one's on. This is a Sounds process like t- taking weeks in order to move all this over. So we I got caught up. We're caught in the middle of that, and that has led to all kinds of complications. And then to top it all off, um, I lost uh, all my email yesterday. All all my stored email, which is where I had all my information on people like you, for example, it just disappeared. So I have I have had to reconfigure things. So having said all that, uh, gosh, I'm I'm happy to talk to you. I've been listening to your music and. Uh, I agree with the descriptions. You are a very soulful, uh, yet rocking uh, young singer-songwriter. Uh, very impressed indeed. Let's send people over to check out your site, as we are always want to do, of course. And uh, I guess we can start with MySpace. I know you have a, a non-MySpace too, but www.myspace.com slash Sam Grow. That's G-R-O-W acoustic a c o u s t i k how did you arrive at that address um the c was taken (laughs) (laughs) okay well there you uh, go (laughs) it was process of elimination plus when i first got onto uh myspace it was just before like it's big big boom in uh oh five yeah i uh, see i saw you've been uh, on quite a while yeah, so I just kind of added the page, thinking, no, oh, it might just be another site, and um, you know, I didn't, I just, you know, threw something up, and uh, of course, it blew up as big as it did, but yeah, so, but the C was taken. <laughs> I got it, and yeah. then uh, uh, your other site, which is pretty similar information, you have uh, all the usual cool stuff on MySpace, lots of good music to listen to, including selections from your, your album, your first album, right? Ignition? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Very it's my exciting. First when did that come out? Record. Um, it actually officially came out on iTunes on February 10th. Um, it was out locally for, I guess, about a year, and um, it did really well locally, so um, I talked to my management team, and they decided to push this record as my first full-length. So it's actually been out for a little while, but technically... Um, it's been out only since February on iTunes. So. Sure. Well, that there's nothing unusual about that. It, it, you know, when an artist or band puts out puts out a record on their own, and then if it does well, then uh, you know it gets either picked up by another label or a distributor, or or now these days we we have the we have the digital approach. So then you're kind of starting all over again. 
So yes. certainly, certainly nothing strange about that. Boy, it's sad. And listening to it, it sounds like you're really comfortable with the material. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like you've been playing it your whole life. Well, <laughs> the uh, the material that's on there, um, I might have had some of the ideas, um, you know, for a while, um, but I've I've only been doing the music thing professionally for just a couple of years now. So I'm I'm glad that you think I, I sound comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, you sound like a real pro. How old are you? I'm 22. 22. Well, yeah, 22. I'm envious. Well, you're just at the beginning of things, and yeah, wow. It's you, like I said, you sound very mature and very comfortable with your work. You, you don't you don't sound young, and I don't mean that in a you don't sound young in a negative way. You know, you okay. sound like a mature artist. So, speaking of which, let's check out a tune. Let's check out the title track from Ignition. Here we go, Sam Grove. Well, we don't want to give away the store, but that is a that is a significant sample from Ignition, the title track from Sam Grow's first album. Well, that must have been exciting when that came out, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we worked really hard on that one. It being the first, you know, record that I ever, you know, full length record that I ever put out. So, um, I, I like we analyzed every second, you know, of, of the CD. So it was really exciting to to get it out and have people listen to the hard work, you know. So. Sure. It also sounds real good. It sounds like it was well produced. What was your recording situation? Um, we actually have. I live in uh, Southern Maryland, and uh, it's it's close to Waldorf, and some, most people are familiar with the band uh, Good Charlotte, sure. and uh, that's that's the band that actually it, they came out of Waldorf. And uh, one of the guys who helped produce it, Ron Vento, he. Uh, has a studio right there in Waldorf, and um, so that's where I recorded at, and Ron produced my record, and, um, you know, he fortunately was, you know, gave me a, a good deal and, you know, worked worked hard on it, so I was, you know, excited to have those connections close to home, so. Right, right. Well, it sounds very professional, and uh, how, how many band members played on the record? Um, actually, on that record, there is a keyboard player, so there's... It was me on the acoustic, my lead player, Mike Stacy on electric guitar, um, Gene Quaid, my bass player. He did backing vocals and bass. And uh, my drummer is uh, Ernie Frieda, and Chuck Pearson played keyboards on it. All right. Well, gosh, looking at, the again, the MySpace page, we all, always want to send people there, make sure they check out the music, get all the information. It's www.myspace.com slash acoustic with a K, A-C-O-U-S-T-I-K. Uh, I'm just looking at your tour schedule. Man, you're a busy guy. Um, and actually, that's uh, that's just my Maryland stuff. Uh, we actually, this past week, signed a sponsorship with uh, Coors Light. So um, we're getting ready to do some uh, college tours in between those shows, believe it or not. So um, <laughs> fill my, in the holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my schedule's about to be a little more crazy, but I love it. You know, I get to wake up every morning and know that I'm doing what I love to do for a living. So it's 
you know, it's 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 a good busy. Well, sure, absolutely. You know, a lot of younger bands, younger artists, I mean, that's the hardest thing is finding places to play, uh, you know, putting together tours. So the fact that you're you're that busy, um, you know, in and around Maryland, which is pretty impressive in and of itself, that's for sure. Uh, but now you're hooked up with uh, with a major sponsor. Wow, that's that's great. When, when's the when are the actual dates of that tour going to be uh, we're released? Still, we're still pinning them out um, because we just uh, signed you know with Cores and um, that's all corporate stuff that we have to to line up. And um, but right. I'm I'm looking to you know towards the end of the summer uh, to start filling in dates um, like August to start doing the uh, the college tour thing. So. I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's it is. That's that's really exciting. Do you know who you're going to be playing with, or are you going to be on your own headlining, or how I'll actually, that yeah, I'll, I'll actually be on my own. Um, we'll probably travel as a rather than a full band. We'll probably travel as a trio, and I'll do like an acoustic strip down thing, and uh, you know travel around the colleges and do um, you know just a hour hour and a half show, uh, and be the be the main bill on the ticket. So. And I will probably, yeah, we'll probably try to snag an opener to to go along with us, but we haven't gotten that far into detail yet. Um, but uh, you know, it should be good. Very exciting. When do you think that'll start? Around? Um, probably, like I said, probably around August. Um, we're we're shopping the colleges now, and um, there's also some uh, booking agencies that are that are interested in booking us for the colleges and um, cores as well as uh, going to put a, you know, that put their two cents in and. Uh, help with any other booking festivals and that sort of thing that they'd like us to jump on to. Um, sure. So it's a it's a big group um, push thing. So, uh, you know, August should be around the time frame. Well, that is very exciting. And, of course, you'll have uh, copies of that CD with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And, actually, uh, on the MySpace right now, there's a, uh, new, a new song. We started... Um, recording uh, some new tracks uh, because of the label interest that we were getting, and uh, I think I'm getting ready to release a uh, uh, EP out um, within the next couple months. And uh, there's a sample song on there right now called "Holding Back," and it's I the number that. one. I do and see that. And that's that that is on the record as a bonus track on uh, iTunes, but uh, it'll also be on the the new EP that we're going to release. So. Very cool. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? How'd you get into this? Uh, sounds like you're doing awfully well at a at a young age. How'd you get into music? What's your what's your background? We know you're from Southern Maryland, but uh, how did the whole music thing come together? Well, my dad is a a big fan of just music, and uh, he sings as well. And uh, when I was growing up, I just kind of grew into it. My sister played piano and sang. And I watched them and envied them and wanted to be like them. And, uh, of course, I get the soul thing from when I first started to learn to play guitar and I would borrow friends' guitars and stuff like that. I, I taught myself how to play. And um, one of my dad's uh, guidelines was if he were going to buy me a guitar, I had to learn some of the older music that he enjoyed. So um, A, you know, a quid was, pro quo there, huh? Right, right. So <laughs> I uh, – but the – the funny thing is he would hand me these, you know, CDs and uh, discs of the Platters and the Righteous Brothers and Elvis Presley and Otis Redding, Marvin Gaye, Benny King, and I just fell in love with that music. Um, and, you know, it was all history from there. Um, I, I got addicted to it. And uh, probably when I was 16, I had my first show, and I was fortunate enough to meet a guy um, in the Wal or actually in the Plata area, which is just south of uh, Waldorf. He owned a coffee shop, and um, I wanted gigs and couldn't find any gigs, and so I went to this guy and asked him if I could play in his coffee shop, and he paid me like I was an employee, so I made like $6.34 an hour to play in the corner of his uh, coffee shop, and what I did is I would do that every day and uh, try to build up a set list and, and do that, and eventually I started, wow. writing, my, yeah, started writing my own stuff, and uh before I knew it, um, 200 to 250 people were jamming into this coffee shop to watch me play and hear my songs. That so is amazing. What, when did you start? How old were you when you started that? Um, I was around there. I was I was about 16, and that was actually my first job too. So I got to got to start working behind 
I was a coffee shop guy for a, for a while. I, I knew I can make a mean mocha, man. <laughs> you were in the front so, and in the back. Yes, yes. So um, I guess that was, yeah, like I said, around when I was 16. And um, my popularity, I, I guess I did it for about a year, year and a half. So when I was 17, 18, um, all these people I would put flyers out in my neighborhood and um, word just spread. And uh, just before I started, you know, made the decision to do it full time, I was, you know, putting 200, 250 people in this in this little coffee shop. And um, that's a significant yeah. number of people. Yeah, I, I used to work hard for a long time to get a lot of <laughs> that people. That must be out. a pretty big coffee shop to squeeze that number of people in. Actually, there. no. It, actually, no, it wasn't. The amazing thing was it was a very small place. Um, and all the seats and um, all of the aisle would be taken up to where people would actually be sitting. There was no stage in this place. So I would play, and they would just be sitting Indian style around the chair that I would sit in and play. And then um, the fire marshal would come in. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Fortunately, it's a small town, so most of the fire marshals were <laughs> there. They were already in the audience. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there was no, there was no uh, trouble, you know, when it came to that. Um, but it, you know, it led to that whole high of performing, and uh, I, you know, decided like most kids after high school, instead of you know just pushing for what I really wanted to do, I went ahead and took the step to college, and um, I went to college for you know another year, year and a half, and um, I was just about a semester away from getting my AA in business, and I was sitting in my accounting class, and I just asked myself, you know, what am I doing? This is not what I enjoy. This is not what I want to do. So I quit my job and quit school and starved for about three weeks, three or four weeks. I ate ramen noodles and drank water. And uh, The and classic meal of struggling musicians everywhere. <laughs> That's right. Water <laughs> right. and ramen. That that and those like little Keebler crackers, man. Like the cheese, <laughs> the cheese crackers that come in like twenty five, you know, the twenty five pack. Yeah, but those are good for some bulk. <laughs> but I would uh, I would buy that, and then you know it it was it was really a sink or swim thing. And um, you know once you kind of put yourself in that position, you really try to to swim instead of sink. So I uh, booked my first line of shows, and from those line of shows, booked more shows and more shows on top of that. So here how'd I am. Your family, how'd your family respond to those decisions and and, the, and all of that? They were nervous, um, but I have a really great mom and a really great dad. Um, as long as I go, and this has been my whole life, as long as I go to them with a plan, um, they're normally very um, you know accepting to allowing me to what I you know what I want to do. And when I went to my mom and told her I want to drop out of college, you know, I, I said, look, I'm going to drop out of college. I can always, the college will always be here. I can always come back to it. Um, but I, I want to try this music thing. Give me a year. And uh, within that year, like I said, I booked shows. And I also met some great people. Um, Jeff Scott Soto um, is a guy who traveled around with Journey for about a year and a half. He was actually yeah. their replacement yep. singer. Um, well, Jeff Scott Soto got a hold of my um, – EP, my first EP that I ever released, and um, the next thing I know, the guy's messaging me on MySpace and uh, talking to me, so then he sent me his number, and um, within that year, I got to travel around with Journey for a little while, and um, wow. I also got to do a tour with Jeff, and I also, he just released a new album, and one of the songs on the new album, I wrote with him, so wow. yeah, it was it was a good year, so from there, I got to go ahead and push forward with with the music thing, my my plan was a success. <laughs> so. I guess so. So, do you have a publisher? Do you have a music publisher? Um, I do not right now. We currently do not have one. Um, I just have a management, and uh, my management has an indie label that's, um, you know, off of that, and that's who I'm currently signed to 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 have the record out on iTunes and all that. Um, but we we're very much a just a two man, three man team, um, and. You know, that's I would love to get to the publishing stage, you know, eventually. Sure, sure. Well, I would think, um, besides writing your own songs, of course, the fact that you have a that you have a, a credit, you know, that's on a, on on someone else's record would be kind of a a door to to help you get, uh, you know, into publishing. You should probably talk to him about that. You know. Yeah, well, we have a little thing. Um, you know, I have I'm licensed through uh, through BMI, so that's how. You know that all works with the points and you know getting right. your your credit and earnings, but 
Yeah, that's definitely, you know, something that Jeff could help me out with, but he's such a busy guy, man. I try not to, to tap into, uh, you know, his connection too much, you know. He, sure, uh, sure. He does a lot. But. All right, well, let's check out another tune. Let's listen to Wait a Minute. Hey, wait a minute. This is when you pretend you don't want to be with me. I confess I'm not the best, but I want to be the man that makes a weekend done it. Come on and night, lay your head down and you dream about me. I may not be your prince, but the square seem to fit and the problems I can fix in time. Wow, I really love that one. That that for me, that one really combines uh, all the things we've been talking about. I I, I love the uh, electric and acoustic guitar together. I think they work really well. And your vocals really, I mean, that's soulful, man. That that's some soulful vocals on that one. That I Thank love you. that song. I think that's really great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Really, really enjoy that. It has a it do, it has a, a both of a kind of a seventies. You know, blue-eyed soul kind of feel like it could be a, a Hall and Oates song or something, but but it doesn't sound dated either. You know, it's perfectly contemporary. It could be a Ben Harper song for that matter. Yeah, those are two great you know artists right there. So uh, yeah, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed that one. And uh, you know, the new stuff and you know the stuff the the rest of the record has some you know things that are close to that as well i'm very acoustic based um that was what i you know first started playing on um with the acoustic and now i've kind of switched over to the electric and, and live shows and that sort of thing now because i have the full band that's behind sure. me um but yeah it's that whole album has got a, a feel like that you know yep i i uh i really enjoy it and uh i, I can really hear the combination of of uh, influences coming together, and of course, then it's all filtered through through your own special personal artistry, and, and that is what it's all about. All right, well, let's remind our listeners to go check you out at MySpace, MySpace.com slash Sam Grow, G-R-O-W, Acoustic, A-C-O-U-S-T-I-K, because the C was taken <laughs> and uh i guess we should refer people you have a, a regular site too right yeah just, yeah, just samgrow.com samgrow.com pretty similar information i guess on them right. uh, and you got a cool player i noticed on your own site too not just on the myspace you got a you got a neat little player there and uh you're you know very free with the music obviously you are confident that people will enjoy it and uh I uh yeah I mean personally I'm very impressed it's it's you know, you can tell that someone is very popular and and draws well um you know in a live setting when you have as many shows as you have in in a relatively small area in other words we're talking about Maryland and right. you know the fact that you play uh so often and and uh you know it looks like you go back to a few Key places looks like Donovan's is a is a hot spot there for you, 
And uh, you know, my my uh, sister-in-law and and her husband live uh, in the Baltimore area. And in fact, I'm seeing some of these. Uh, we've been to Ellicott City. That's a cool little place. Yeah, it is a cool little area. There's some, and a lot of those places are, are just great, great little uh, pubs and great little, you know, bar type scenes. And uh, Donovan's is actually one that we just uh, booked, and uh, we we do it every other Wednesday there now. And uh, it's it's just a, there's there's such country type areas down here in Southern Maryland, and that's one of those bars that reminds me of like Cheers, where everybody comes in and everybody knows who everybody is and. Um, they're just real, you know, into what you're doing when you play music, and that's always, you know, enjoyable. Um, we do the, the bigger clubs with, you know, 300, 400, 500 people sometimes, and um, it's just nice to be able to play a smaller club with, you know, 50 to 100 people sometimes. So, Well, sure, but, you know, that's pretty impressive to be able to, to fill uh, uh, a place with several hundred people too. That's yeah, you know, that's that's some very impressive stuff. People don't realize that you know what you do on record and and what you do live and your appeal on each. You know, it's not always the same. You know, they don't. In other words, there's people who sell pretty well, you know, and are pretty popular uh, with their recordings who don't necessarily draw that much of a crowd, and vice versa. But it sounds like you're doing pretty well with both. Well, I'm very blessed. Um, everything about this business is, um, you know. Uh, uh, who knows who and, you know, how, you know, you market yourself and uh, who works the hardest. And I've fortunately been very blessed. I don't take a lot of credit for that. You know, I've I've always been blessed enough to be in the right place at the right time and know the right people to, you know, push me to where, you know, I am. I've also been fortunate enough to meet the, the wrong people to not push <laughs> me where I need to be. And, you know, I learned, I learned from that as well. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. You're right. You're absolutely right. You, you, you learn by example. You also learn by, by negative example. Man, I don't want to be like that. Whew. Right, right, right. I, I know what you mean. All right, well, that's real exciting stuff. Really enjoyed talking with you, Sam, and wish yes. you all the best. Boy, the, the uh, Coors Light Tour of colleges sounds really great. Sounds like you're already doing super well, in, you know, in your in your general area. I'm curious, do you ever play that uh, first coffee shop anymore? Um, unfortunately, it actually closed down, oh. um, which which is terrible. Um, but, yeah, it uh, it turned into a, a music venue for a little while, and uh, it, it got caught up in, <laughs> oddly enough, fire code issues. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not and, your uh, fault. Not your fault. Yeah, not my fault. <laughs> but um, it did, you know, it, it couldn't make it through, you know, with the economy drop and all that, it couldn't make it through. But I yeah. still talk to the owner on a regular basis. And, um, you know, one day I hope to sign that big deal and buy the place and build it back the way it was. So that's one of my dreams as well. So. All right. Well, loyal too, man. You got all kinds of good traits, huh? <laughs> well, I got a good mom, man. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like they're very supportive of, of what you do. You know, but I can relate to that. I mean, Sure, you know, you kind of have something in mind for your kids as far as, a, a, you know, vaguely you have a, a path in mind. I, I have two older kids. I have a daughter who's almost 25 and and a son who's almost 22. And in fact, they're both musicians. Uh, my son more so. He's a bass player in a death metal band. <laughs> and they got, oh, wow. They got offers and everything, but he, he decided, that's when he was in high school. He started, he started about the same age as you. And, uh, you know, so he had to make a decision because uh, the band was based here. I'm in the Cleveland area, and he was going to go to school in, down Cincinnati, and he had to decide, um, you know, am I, am I going to – because, I mean, he knew he couldn't really be in the band if he went to college. He was just too far away. And, yeah, he could, can't commute all the time, if, you know, however many, two, 200 miles or something, or plus 250. So uh, he decided to go to college. And, uh, you know, I know he misses uh, – he, he still – plays with him once in a while and comes up and, and you know but of course he's not the guy anymore he's not the bass player and I know he does miss that I think he's I think he's thinking in terms of of really kind of you know rededicating himself now now that he's graduated he graduates uh, in a month and well, back in uh, in archaeology but uh, he found something wow. that he really loves besides music he doesn't love music any less but he loves archaeology he's really committed to it and he's gone out and done a bunch of digs already and and uh 
you know, he's traveled uh, for, for school uh, with, for that. So, I mean, it's worked out well for him, too. I, I think he would like to, you know, find a balance where he can continue to pursue that and and get back into music, you know, a, a little more seriously than he has for the last four years, I guess. But, you know, everyone has to follow their own path. And, you know, I, I, I certainly wouldn't have minded if he would have taken some time off, you know, just and not gone right to college because uh, he had a plan, you know, and he had a band and they were together and they were they were really good. I mean, it's not really my favorite style of music, but, you know, I could certainly tell. You have to have, you have, to have a great appreciation for uh, heavy metal and, you know, and, and death metal music just because, you know, it might sound like noise to some people, but it is very, very complicated music. Extremely know? complicated. And, and, uh, and, you know, I and it's funny that, well, it's not funny, it's cool that he's the bass player because the two things that I pay attention to the most when I listen to, you know, metal is the bass player and the drummer. Just because they work the hardest. Exactly, they got to hold it together. They got to push it, right. you know. Right, drum. and you got to follow. You got to follow all them kick, you know, kick drums that the drummers putting out. You know? <laughs> it is amazing, Bruh. you know. <laughs> I guess I can't even imagine. You know, I was a, I was, I was in bands, uh, basically guitar. You know, when I was younger, and uh, uh, you know, so I mean, I, I I have a at least a rudimentary knowledge of of what goes into it, and yeah, you're right, man. The drumming and the basing. You know, with with any kind of speed music, speed metal. I mean, it's it's amazingly complex, and and to be able to keep the rhythm, that's the key. You know, it's not just play as fast as you can; it's to hold it all and to find a real pocket. You know, you still have to find a groove, even though you're playing metal. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, anyway, having said all that, really enjoyed talking with you, and wish you nothing but the best. And good luck with the the local tour and the national tour and the new recording and everything else. And uh, you know, let us know what's going on. Let's check back in here down the down the road. You know, in six months or something. Love to have you back on the show. Absolutely. Thank you very much for talking to me too. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. All right. Bye bye, Sam. Bye bye. All right. So. Uh, Really enjoyed that. I always love talking to young musicians. And, man, Sam, he's really together and very dedicated. And he's been working hard since he was 15, 16 years old. And he draws two to 500 people when he plays acoustically. I mean, that is really impressive because you got to have something more than, than, you know, just the standard appeal to draw people back. You know, they have to want to be there and be part of that experience. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, hopefully he'll come uh, by the Cleveland area on this Coors Light tour, and we'll be checking him out. All right, well, let's switch over to the blog critics portion of the show. Always excited to do that, and I believe that we have Lisa McKay. Lisa, are you there? I sure am. How are you, Eric? I am pretty good. I feel a lot better today. I've, the last few days with things being so up in the air and open-ended and the recurring monster issues and not being able to do anything on a consistent basis gets me feeling very anxious, whereas today things did seem to work pretty well. For for me, anyway, uh, things were working. I was able to do the promos and upload pictures and all the kind of stuff we need to do. On top of everything else that's been going on, my my email program, which, you know, I admit, it's CompuServe, you know, it's 20 years old. Uh, I'm, I'm living in the, 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 the previous century slash millennium. And uh, the thing just blew up. The whole program just blew up. I lost all of my stored emails. And fortunately, I don't have that many stored emails anymore, I learned. I learned a while back not to be too dependent on that. But anyway, I lost all those. So I had none. Of, I have none of the stored stuff. That's where I keep all the info for the radio shows, and like all of Sam's information, his MP3s, and all that, all gone. Did, and didn't even think of it till you know half hour before showtime. So I'm scrambling to get all that together and all that. I, I think from now on, I, I'm just going to use the uh, the web interface because now because uh, CompuServe is is part of it has been for years, but. Um, it's part of AOL, so they have all the, you know, uh, via the web uh, uh, email, and uh, it seems to be just as functional. The only thing, like I said, I don't have is the 
the filing cabinet, but it looks like I can build a new one. And uh, I think that would be a lot smarter because then I'm not dependent on the software that resides on my computer. I can access it from anywhere, including the the uh, filing cabinet. I think, I hope, if that's the case, then yeah, man, I'm I'm making a break. I'm not going to worry about their software anymore. I'm just going to use the the internet interface. Well, what would really make sense, of course, would be to forward all of that to a Gmail account. I've heard that once or twice. Yeah, I know you have. People have mentioned that. All right, and do we have Josh Lasser on the line also? We do, we do. Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing pretty well. Like like I was telling Lisa, I feel a lot better today. I felt like I got stuff done. I got my... I whittled down my my review material email list, which has been hovering for about the well, really since the since the redesign. So you know, about two weeks. Uh, I've I've been notably behind, and have had you know like three, four, five hundred emails that I've been wow. behind. And today I got all caught up. I, I was literally at zero. I was at zero at one point today. No emails. Now it's back up to fifty, but that just shows how fast they come in. That's good. I mean, you know, 50 is better than 300, right? It's way better. Yes. It's way, 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 way better. Yeah, no, that made me feel good. I really felt a sense of accomplishment. And and able to do the promos today, you know, I could upload the pictures and wasn't running into all kinds of bizarre, ever-evolving and changing error messages. That's another thing that's disconcerting. It's not the same error every time. It's like a different error each time. That we've been running into for the last few days here, but do, things really do seem to have to have improved quite a bit. And as usual, we need to give credit to uh, to Philip and the the Technorati folk because uh, I, I know they've been working real hard, specifically on getting the blog critics side of things back in order. They've kind of given up, poor guys, on Technorati for now. I was talking to. To Dave White, who's who's my boss, he's the 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 whole the head of all content for Technorati, and he just said, "Man, there are so many things wrong with Technorati that we're just going to fix blog critics first. I said, "Thanks, Dave." <laughs> so that appears to be uh, where we are. All right, well, Lisa McKay, who is our executive editor, and Josh Lasser, who's our TV, our hardworking, our hardworking. TV editor, not not that Lisa is, is not hardworking, but I guess that's just a given at this point. Uh, what do you guys, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to, to slow down with the jaw wobbling and let other people take over, so why don't you guys uh, tell us what you're going to be talking about here. Well, I kind of figured that since uh, it's the end of the, kind of the end of the TV season, I think the, the small handful of shows that I watch are all kind of wrapping up their uh, their seasons this week. Um, so I thought it would be kind of cool to get some idea from Josh of like what kind of a, what, what was good this past year on TV. Um, if I'm going to spend the summer watching, you know, reruns of shows I haven't seen yet, what, what, should, I, what should I do? There are no reruns anymore. It's all new all summer long. All new all summer long. So you're not going to yeah. see reruns. Like, um, uh, Fringe, right? Fringe, which I think is is a pretty good series. I think it started off kind of shakily in the fall, but I think it got better as the season went along. They ended their season last night. I don't think you're going to see any repeats of Fringe all summer. The next time you see Fringe will be the season premiere in the fall. And wow. a lot of shows are heading that direction. So yeah, it seems like now what they do is, you know, they fill in some of the schedule. I mean, during the season, they'll they'll throw in some repeats. But they don't do the whole season over again like they used to do. No, they don't. They, they definitely used to. Right. It's a 22 to 24 episode season. And it used to be that uh, you pretty much saw every episode twice over the course of the 52 weeks in the year. But that is not the case anymore. No longer the case because uh, I think the networks are they're a little scared that they, they keep losing viewership. And they figure to just sort of go dark for three months in the summer, four months in the summer – would kill them, so it's always new and always different. Well, see, I mean, from from what I'm from what I'm gathering, um, it seems like there's kind of like three separate starting times. You have the you still have the traditional fall uh, kickoff, which is anywhere from 
sometime in September till I don't know what end of October. Sometime? I'd expand it. I I'd call it mid to late August until oh, the end of okay. October. Yeah. So it's it's like high school. It's like school now, where it used to start. Everything used to start in September. Now they start anywhere from beginning of August till uh, end of September. Right. So okay, so so you you got the fall and then, and then but then there's a lot of shows that start uh, after the first of the year too. Yeah, January February, a lot of shows start right then, and, and then they're gonna have a whole bunch more shows start up. Really, it's starting next week, I guess. Fox is starting to launch a couple of their summer programs next week. So that's an so interesting. Excuse me. I said, so what looks good? Of the summer stuff. Yeah. On the networks? I don't think very much. Uh <laughs> I'm excited they Fox is doing another another season of Hell's Kitchen over the summer, so I'm excited for that cuz uh I'm a fan of that show, but they're only really doing that cuz I think they weren't quite sure what they were going to do for an hour from January to May. So they had like an extra hour from January to May, so they moved Hell's Kitchen which was traditionally a summer show up to January, and now they're not sure what to do again, so, well, just do another one. Uh, I like that, uh, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Gordon, I think Gordon Ramsay is a fun guy. Or Gordon Ramsay is a fun guy. And uh, I like the way that they, they tweaked the series this year. They tweaked some of the challenges. We're getting a little old, so they changed stuff up a little, and I think it really, really actually sort of helped the show. Rather than getting silly, which is what some reality shows do. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I noticed um, you you published a, a news article today about the the IMAX story, and I, I noticed that as a little aside, um, you mentioned that uh, NBC has renewed Parks and Recreation. Yes, they did. They announced season. that last which week, I think. Disappoints me terribly. <laughs> What's wrong with that show? Oh, well, I think the biggest problem is that it's just not funny. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly, it's kind of puzzling because it's got good people in it. It does. It, it absolutely now, does. Uh, the guy I was talking about, Aziz Ansari, I think he's a funny guy. Uh, yeah. he's, he's one of those guys that, who I think a lot of people don't know his name, and then you see him on TV and you're like, wait a minute, I've seen that guy everywhere. Right, uh, right. So he, he's in it, and Amy Poehler's in it, and it's sort of a semi-pseudo spinoff of The Office, and it's got it's got a bunch of people in it who you've seen before, who are funny people, and it's just it's not all that funny. Yeah, yeah, we we caught the first couple of episodes, and I, I almost had the same reaction to it as I did to the one episode that I caught of Sit Down and Shut Up, which I I don't know if you've seen that. No, uh, all, no, the. Uh... Yeah, the Will Arnett, Jason Bateman. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a kind of an odd combination of animated characters against live-action backgrounds, and it too, like totally not funny. Um, I I was trying to figure out if it was just because I'm sometimes I'm sometimes old enough not to entirely get funny things that younger audiences find humorous, you know. But I checked. Out. I find that hard to believe, but uh, no, ser- seriously, uh, you know, on occasion I realize that humor is like not aimed at me. But I checked around on the web the day after I watched that, and no one else thought it was funny either. So I, I felt kind <laughs> no, of no, nobody thought that <laughs> you were validated. Thank God it wasn't just me. And, and, and nobody watched it, and Fox ended up moving it from a good time slot to a not-so-good time slot, and they're just going to finish airing the episodes that they have and probably be done with it. Nothing official, but I, I don't... Did you say they them. did or did not renew Parks and Recreation? They have. It, Parks and Recreation will be back in the fall. So, I mean, did it do reasonably well, even though you guys don't think it's funny? I don't think that it did. I mean, it, It's sort of all relative at this point with NBC, because NBC is having such... Huge problems. Yeah. Um, it's not that all their shows have been bad, but th- for whatever reason, they just can't seem to launch a show. Something like Kings, which got very mixed reviews, but was certainly an ambitious, 
an ambitious program, just it sort of disappeared. Nobody watched it. Uh, Heroes, which has been a lot better this season than it was last season, just it continually has declining numbers. My name is Earl, which you know did pretty good numbers its first season out, has sort of slowly and steadily gone downhill at this point. Nobody's quite sure whether that's going to come back for another year. They're in trouble as a network. I mean, that's why you're finding out that they're doing this uh, Jay Leno five hours a week in yeah. prime time. What do you think about that? I, I'm i not a big fan of the move. I understand why they're doing it. And, uh, you know, I don't think... I don't think it's going to be a disaster. I just... I'm, I'm not enthused by it. I mean, I never thought Jay Leno was a particularly funny guy. I think he's very good at his job. And I wouldn't want to take that away from him. But his brand of humor is not my brand of humor. I was always more of a Letterman or Conan fan. Yeah. So. You know, we used to see him. I used to live uh, in the uh, <laughs> the 80s, uh, which is starting to sound like a long time ago. We lived uh, just down the street from the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. And we would go every Monday to see Leno. He would try out new material on Monday nights at the Comedy Magic Club. He's a workaholic. I mean, and he, NBC certainly has that going for them. I think that they announced this past week that he's going to end up doing 48 weeks worth of new shows a year. Wow. We, we, I mean, comparatively, his show is going to cost a fraction of what it would cost to air a scripted drama in that 10 o'clock hour. And he's going to be able to do 48 weeks, five days a week, and that's a lot of hours of TV that NBC would be in repeats for if they didn't have them. But man, doesn't it? Don't they ever get burnt out? I mean, God, especially you know what amounts to it's not really live because I mean it's tape, but you know it's in essence it's live. It's recorded live. Put it that way. It's recorded live. It's a day and date show. You can't have somebody on talking about a movie that opened four weeks ago. You know? Right. Exactly. So I mean, I. I God, you would just think, and he's not that young anymore. I mean, he's youthful, you know, but he's not that young. And uh, you would just think he would get burned out. You, you you would think that he would. I would get burned out. But no, like I say, he's a workaholic. He he writes a lot of his jokes. He's always there doing it. Um, I don't know. I mean, if he says he can do it, why not have him give it a shot? Sure. It certainly will be an interesting precedent. All right, here's the three shows that we watch. These are the only three network shows. And it's only if you interpret network loosely these days anyway. All right, but we watch 24 we, uh, on Monday. We watch Reaper on Tuesday, and we watch Supernatural on Thursday. Do you watch any of those shows? Uh, 24. I watch 24, and I'm continually disappointed with myself for watching 24. I thought this year has they've sustained it a lot better than they have for a while, though. You know, they have, except now, all of a sudden, here we are at the end of the year, and, and of course... You, run, Kim, uh, run! Right. <laughs> we need that. Like, we did that the first three seasons. It's funny. It is funny. And I, I just felt like, well, okay, great, so Kim gets kidnapped again. Good God. I agree. I mean, didn't they take her off the show? I mean, they tried moving her to CTU for one season. Because there was no way to sustain her character, because yeah. she was like attacked by a hyena or a wildcat or whatever, <laughs> a bobcat back in the second season. Well, she's been gone for a while. You could tell because she looked she looked pretty different. You know, she looks she does. Yeah, she looks like a young woman. She doesn't look like a kid. You know, right. And uh, in fact, she even looks like someone who's had a child. I think they ha- yeah they have her. She has a baby, right? In, in I, this, I'm not sure. I think she does. I think, I think she, does. she does, and uh, she even looks like that. So uh, I guess she was away long enough, you know, that she she has changed in the interim. But yeah, I mean, the way I saw that, sure, it's ridiculous and silly, but it was it's almost like an homage to the earlier show. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's almost tongue in cheek, and, and they waited till the very end. You know, she made an appearance a, several weeks ago. Uh, when when she's trying to uh, to give her whatever this experimental thing because Jack yeah. has been subjected to uh, Jack is dying again. Yeah, he's dying again. And how? By the way, how many times has Tony died? And my God, can he really be this evil? I'm waiting to hear what has turned him into like the most evil villain they've ever had. 
Who knows? Maybe it's that brain injury he got so many seasons ago. Yeah, he was beaten about the face and head more than once. What and, if he and, had shot in the head and then he was back four hours later, back at CTU? Well, he got shot in the shoulder this time, and he's running around, you know, wrestling, fighting with people. That, that's the thing that if you pay too much attention to it, the fact that all of this is supposed to happen in one 24-hour period it does begin to strain uh, credulity because people just rec- people don't recover that quickly, you know. They don't recover that quickly, and there are episodes back when Jack was in L.A. where you you would watch he would drive from like the Valley to uh, East L.A. and he would do it in twenty minutes at four thirty <laughs> or five o'clock in the afternoon without a helicopter. Right, and you'd be like, wait a minute, I've done that drive during rush hour. That's an hour and a half, Jack. Uh, yeah, at least, you know, but yeah, they get special, they have their own lane, don't you know about that? That's the special Jack-only lane. The Jack Bauer lane? Yeah, but anyway, I do think that this year has held together better than most, and, and they have sustained the paradigm shifts. In other words, every year you have you know whatever the whatever the uh, crisis appears to be then it mutates into at least one and often two other things it gets deeper and deeper the conspiracy gets deeper and deeper your your view gets broader and broader as they pull back right and you can see right. more and more of the picture and it, it is almost never held together for an entire season there've been portions of seasons that have been really tremendous and compelling i think but but even that first year when everything was just kind of magical by the time by the end it was like how did they arrive at this you know remember when they, uh, the the serbian and then uh, you know it just drifted off into nonsense whereas the well, there first was the girl who blew up the plane in the first episode and then she disappears she, 3 she, hours in right she disappeared only to reappear every now and then. And remember, she was the one who tried to kill uh, Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. yeah, she was. At the, at, was at the end of season two, she tries to kill him, right, with the virus. Yes. And then by the time you start season three, the virus is no longer the same kind of virus at all. It's a completely different and yet the same virus. Exactly. Always continuity issues. Anyway, back to that. This This time, at least in my mind, the you know ostensible... Uh, rationales and the ostensible connections between these various levels of bad guys has held together a lot better, I think. And 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 they've gone back to being truly vicious. <laughs> That's the other thing. There's like really hardcore things and killing people off left and right, and then to you know, and then to to top it all off, the probably the second most beloved character in the show's history, ever loyal. Ever stalwart Tony turns out to be just this terrible, evil, psychotic killer. We don't even know why yet. You know, I think that's one of the strengths of the show, though, is that they don't care. They will kill anybody off at any time for any reason. Tony, as you say, he's died two or three times, and, and we've been assured that, you know, that's it. He's He's gone. Uh Remember, season one ended with the you thought everything was finished and Jack is back at CTU and everything is safe. And then Jack's wife gets shot and she dies at the end of the season. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, you're right. That was a shock. So I, I, to, to me, it, that's the, the show's greatest strength is that they simply don't care. Who knows? Next year, Jack Bauer could be the evil guy, you know? Could be because he, he last year, right? He's had enough. And then, of course, and then, of course, real life keeps imitating art. <laughs> I think I think he's done that character too long now is the problem. Oh, because he got in trouble in New York? Well, he, he headbutted someone. <laughs> you know? So he's using his, his he's using his 24 moves. You know? Someone should tell him, by the way, you're actually a rather small man doing all this stuff, you know? He's really lean, you know? Every year he gets skinnier and skinnier. And and you know yet yeah, but he's a uh, he's a ruthless killer so yeah it's weird do you watch either uh, but anyway successful and I'm 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 excited I'm charged you know if if you've made it to the you know going into the final episode the final two hour episode with with people you know anticipating it and and nervous and worried and and excited about it then then I guess you've succeeded and for me anyway and and Don. 
you know, we, we do feel that way. Whereas last season, I, I mean, I guess they skipped the season, but the last time it was on, man, that was over, what, a third of the way through? That was lame. Well, they, they had a big problem that season because I think that they thought that they had this great idea. You know, Jack has been forced to take drugs. And right. so we're going to see Jack coming down uh, off his addiction. And then I guess, I guess they realized, and they just sort of dropped that completely. Jack went from having this terrible withdrawal and, and needing fixes to all of a sudden that just sort of that disappeared. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it didn't work. All right, do you watch either Reaper or uh, Supernatural? Because if you don't, you should. Well, I watched season one of Reaper, and about maybe I watched the first half of season one of Reaper, and eventually I just decided that, that I couldn't do it anymore because I was, um, I'm blanking on the characters' names. I was Andy, the main guy. Andy's the girl. Oh, Andy's the girl. Well, Sam, Sam's the guy. But let me tell you, I know, I, I understand what you're going to say. Uh, I, I was on and off the first year. My brother actually recommended it. We watched it the first time we saw it. Wow, it was very refreshing. But then. It, it it quickly became pretty formulaic, you know. Yeah. But this year, I mean, this is by far, and again, I don't have that much to compare it to. But but even going back, kind of over my TV watching, you know, career, this is this is certainly one of the most improved shows, season one to season two, ever that I've ever seen. And, and I mean, watches it. Yeah, it's really too bad. I mean, if they don't, it is too bad. I, I mean, I'm glad they brought it back and. You know, it's too bad it's on the CW, which, you know, like you say, no one watches. Although I guess Supernatural does pretty well. Supernatural doesn't do bad numbers, and that's been renewed for next year already. Uh, but Reaper, the numbers don't make it look like a good bet. If you had to, next week it's, is the week. That, you I'm know, telling you, this out. year, if, like when it comes out on DVD, uh, check this season out because it, it has improved on every front. They they dump the formula. Yeah, he still has to reclaim souls, but that's typically secondary to to all kinds of character development stuff. His relationship with his father, the devil, and then his relationship with his his brother. You know, turns out the devil has more than one son. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, <laughs> I've been. Hitting on uh, hitting on human women for you know a few thousand years now. So anyway, that and then and then the relationship between the three guys, you know, the bromance between the pals, uh, the, the the guys who help him out, that has deepened, and they have all become much more real and and human. There's all kinds of interesting issues that have come out in this show, and then just kind of this bait. The, the the amazing if you stop and think about it bravery of of them you know presenting this what amounts to religious scenario in a totally non-religious manner you know devoid of religious trappings it is really interesting the other interesting parallel are between that show and supernatural it's like they're almost like mirror images of each other they, they, i mean they each have humans dating demons you know i mean how bizarre is that and you can tell me that after all that, speaking so eloquently on all that sci-fi, you didn't watch Dollhouse? No, no, because I, I just there's only so many hours. We can only set aside a certain amount of time. And I'll tell you, having three shows was almost too much this season because in between all that, we got to watch stuff with the kids, right? Five nine-year-old got to watch their stuff. Sometimes that comes up in prime time. Uh, you know, something on Nickelodeon they really want to see. Not past nine, but that eight to nine hour. Uh, there's some, you know, often something they want to watch. We got DVDs, always getting new DVDs. Kids need this, kids need that. We got to squeeze those suckers in. We get movies, we get Blu-rays. Got to squeeze those suckers in. Oh, and when it's on, which it hasn't been new shows, it's just been a repeat since, uh, God, I don't know, it's months now, maybe all the way back to the first of the year, we watch uh, Ghost Adventures on uh, Travel Channel. Have you seen that? No. Oh, my God. It's classic. It's hilarious. Have you seen that, Lisa? No, I have not. Well, you got to check it out. It, 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 well, since it's in repeats, but you guys haven't seen them, so you can check it out. It's Friday night on the Travel Channel at 9, and then they repeat it at, I think, 1, if you're up that late. But at 9, 
on uh, Friday night on the Travel Channel, and uh, you know, or just DVR it, of course. And it's these three like frat guys in in every sense of the word, you know, for good and for ill, frat guys. Uh, about ten years later, they're all I'm guessing early thirties. And they still are in frat guy mode, but they take this job really seriously. And, and they're doing their ghost investigations, and they got all kinds of cool gadgets. But it's their personalities. They're so funny. You know, they're so goofy on the one hand, uh, and, and they're bleeping them out half the time. It's total frat guy talk, you know. And, and, it, and it seems as though they've known each other for some time. And w- what happened was is they, they were just, you know, wandering around, not doing all that much as far as I can tell. And they ended up making what turned out to be a really successful, uh, not not so much on TV, it got to TV last, uh, documentary on uh, uh, investigating this town, this ghost, literally, ghost town in Nevada. And they, uh, they live in Las Vegas now, and uh, I think they're from the East Coast. And um, so anyway, they did this documentary, and that was the first thing. And that turned out to be the pilot. And on this documentary... They they captured what I mean I've never seen anything like it on film, and you can go to the site too. You can go to their site, Ghost Adventures at the Travel Channel. You can see that see this really famous picture. They became really well known, and the show was picked up because of this. They captured what looks for all the world, and and there's certainly no other explanation I've heard. Uh, absolutely human figure shape of a ghost and catching it moving and you see as it materializes i mean it is stunning you know how how vivid it is and um you know they at the end of the film at the end of the 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 documentary they do an update you know from the original documentary and i i assume they updated the documentary to be the pilot so when they updated it they did all these Appearances that they did on various TV shows, most of them were in Nevada, but you know, on news shows and whatnot, and and having uh, bringing people on to try to debunk it and everything. No one could debunk it, and I mean, it was it's it's pretty stunning stuff, you know. So anyway, that was the beginning, and then they just go all over the world, mostly to U.S., but they they've been to U.K. and whatnot, and uh, and and what their shtick is, as opposed to all these other ghost hunting shows, is they provoke them. You know, they they call them names, they find out the history of it, and they just abuse the hell out of these people who killed themselves or who were murderers, you know, just on and on, and just provoke them. And, and you know, I mean, you never, you rarely know unequivocally if, if they got a response, but it often appears as if they did. You know, a lot of it gets into really esoteric technical stuff, and they're measuring temperature changes, you know, stuff that's not... Stuff that is certainly disputable, you know. But that original picture, you know, that they caught on on video, I mean, it's really stunning. It's really I I, I can't think of you know an explanation. Well, anyway, uh, all very interesting stuff. It is two minutes after the hour, so we're off of live. But always great to talk with you, Josh, and of course you too, Lisa. Needless to say, and uh, anything else you guys want to add? No, I, well, I was curious, but if those are the three guys that went to the basement of the New York Public Library with the proton packs on their back, <laughs> well, that's what we call it. We call it Ghostbusters, you know, because that's really what they're like. Then they're goofy, but this one guy's like, like a, uh, you know, kind of an aging bodybuilder. <laughs> he struts around and he's super tight, t-shirts and everything, and he's just a crack up. But he's really likable, you know. He's likable. Uh, because he's very sincere. These guys, they, they, they are sincere. You know, you just don't doubt it. There's, there's not an ulterior motive. They don't pretend, you know, it's like, this is something that we get to do, and it's cool, and it's really interesting, and we feel compelled to do it, and we're pals, and we're serious about this, and here we go. So anyway, it's, a, it's an interesting show. I think people, you know... It's one you would either love or, or or hate, but I, I've watched a number of these, you know, ghost investigation, paranormal investigation type shows, and this one is by far the most entertaining. I, but, I, I will look it up. 
You should. Just go to the site. You, you know, you can see pretty much anything you need to see there. Um, as far as getting a sense, the, the lead guy, Zach, he's a crack-up. You know, he's, he's really funny because he's such a goofball. <laughs> and, uh, I just, I'm laughing just thinking about it. I think the new shows come on in, in June. But, yeah, they've had their first season and, uh, you know, found some pretty interesting things. Like anything else, it becomes kind of formulaic. You know, their thing is that they get locked in. They're locked in wherever they're investigating overnight. So you, we cannot escape no matter what happens! And uh, there's only been one time where they wanted out, and that was that first one. That's in that, that documentary that, that is the uh, – I guess they toughened up after that, or they realized, hey, we can make a living doing this, you know? <laughs> so uh, that's that's what they're doing. Anyway, nice talking to you, as always, and we'll be back as we uh, as we are typically on at 6 o'clock on Wednesday night, Eastern. And uh, next week we'll have all kinds of cool, groovy things. Be talking to someone interesting in the first half hour, and we'll be going with the cool blog critics groove in the second half hour so everyone farewell have a great evening talk to you soon bye-bye good night night